Hello, everyone, and welcome to Myth, Heresies, and Hearsay, Episode 3, entitled, I Don't Believe in God, I Believe in Science. I really like science. I think science is really, really cool. But I must admit, when I hear people say, I don't believe in God, I only believe in science, makes me wonder what this person is actually trying to say. I did not know that science and the belief in a supreme being were mutually exclusive. It makes me wonder if science has become a religion. There's that word again, religion. I mentioned that I'm not a fan of religion. That would be a shame if science has become a religion. For one thing, science is a search for truth. It is not truth itself. It is a search for truth. Thus, it's an unfinished product. Probably always will be. So right off the bat, if this were your religion, sounds like you put your money in the wrong horse. As I said, science is a search for truth. There was a time when science taught that the earth was flat as new information came in and the science changed. I can bring up a list of these things that science used to believe and just for fun, I will at a later date. Okay, but that was science a long time ago and has nothing to do with our sophisticated science that we know today, right? Science is nothing, nothing more than a search for truth. As new information comes in, the science changes. Do you really think that in a hundred years, people won't be snickering at some of the things that we believed because the science of our day told us so? Again, new information comes in and the science changes. So let's talk about science. What does science say? Science, particle physics to be exact, says that we live in a reality of at least 10 dimensions. Of those dimensions, four are observable. That would be height, length, width, and breadth. The other six are only inferable. Inferable, well, we can infer them because we have this really cool science that probably cost about a zillion dollars, give or take a billion here or there. Interestingly enough, there was a man who lived in the 1200s. His name was Nachmanides, who, by reading the first three chapters in the book of Genesis, came to the conclusion that we live in a reality of ten or more dimensions. Four are knowable. The other six are unknowable. So, in 800 years and a zillion dollars later, We've went from knowable and unknowable to observable and inferable. This only goes to show me one thing, that a zillion dollars just doesn't buy what it used to. Now, don't ask me how this guy got that by reading the first three chapters of the first book in the Bible, because I sure never got that out of it. Nachmanides was a real person. You can look him up. I did. So, what are we to infer about this piece of information? Well, 
I hear many of the people who say things like, I don't believe in God, I only believe in science, also tend to say things like, there is nothing else other than matter. Or they would have us believe there is nothing other than this life. I also hear a lot of, I only believe what I can see, hear, touch, and smell. Well, that is not scientific. If you were listening, we've learned that from quantum physics and our friend Nachmanides. My point here is much in our reality is dimensionally beyond our perceptions. That is what science tells us right out of the gate. Where the pundits of our day go awry with science is that when they fall in love with some theory, and that becomes their pet theorem. Even when new information comes in that does not support it, and they dig in their heels because they have so much invested in what has become their new religion. Should it surprise us that most of the great scientific minds in history also believed in God? That's right. Sir Isaac Newton, Copernicus, Francis Bacon, Kepler, Galileo, and I could go on and on, but you get the idea. So, why the divergence between science and a belief in God? Enter evolution. Evolution is where the scientific community drove the bus off the cliff, and for many, it's become another religion. Science and evolution are often intermingled terms. But if you're willing to do some honest and objective homework, you'll find that there is very little about evolution that is scientific. Bear with me here because I can feel the blood start to boil right now. But if the theory of evolution is so scientific and science is a quest for truth, why then have there been so many deliberate frauds? For example, one of the more famous discoveries, Peloton Man, in 1912, it was proven that Charles Dawson used the jawbone of an ape. He filed it and used iron salts to make it look old. Peking Man has been proven to be a deliberate fraud. In 1958, the International Congress of Zoology concluded that the so-called Neanderthal Man was an old man who suffered from severe arthritis. This, this is what we get our scientific evidences from. Continuing on, Java Man, 1922, turns out that this find involved a jaw and teeth of an orangutan. In 140 years, there has not been any scientific evidence that can be substantiated Hey, if you want to make a quarter of a million dollars, there is a man, his name is Kent Hovind, who is offered to anyone who can bring any creditable evidence to support evolution. It's been decades since he's made this offer. No one has come forward. So I'm assuming that it's still out there. The good news is that evolution is dead among informed and reputable circles. Guys like Michael Denton of Australia... Philip Johnson and Michael Behe have proven through scientific evidence 
that evolution is unscientific and runs counter to the evidence. And I'm wondering how long it will take for our textbooks to reflect this. My guess is we shouldn't hold our breath. But the nail to Darwinism comes with the advances in microbiology and DNA research. Darwin himself stated that if his theorem on the simple single cell, which was the building block of his theory, didn't hold up with future scientific discoveries, then the whole theory would fall apart. Well, guess what? Turns out there never was a simple single cell. If you were to enlarge this simple cell to the size of one of our modern factories, it would put that factory to shame with everything that is going on in that cell. Turns out this simple cell has a central memory unit, repackaging plants, shipping centers, assembly and processing plants, robot machines, yes, robot machines, made of protein molecules of 3,000 atoms each in 3D configuration with hundreds of thousands of specific types. Elaborate communication systems with quality control and repair mechanisms. Gateways for information exchange between cells. Guys, I could go on and on, but again, you get the idea. DNA is a digital code. A digital code cannot evolve. It turns out to be self-evident to anyone who looks at the science, objectively. Darwinism cannot explain the origin of life because it cannot explain the origin of information. I want you to give that a minute to think about it. Ah, what the heck, I'll just say it again. Darwinism cannot explain the origin of life because it cannot explain the origin of information. So think about this for a second. If Charles Darwin were here today, he would be telling us that his theory is bullshit. In scientific terms, of course. That may be a lot to take in, so I will leave you with that to consider. Thanks for giving me a listen. You can email me at myththeresiesandhearsay at gmail.com. Thanks again.